It is yet another episode of The Jedi Sorter. I am your host, Jay Larson, and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host, Patrick Whiting. Hello, Patrick. Howdy, Jay. How are you doing? I am not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, Sounds what about you? not too bad. I am not too bad. I don't think that's true. I, you said you were ready to be done being an adult. Yeah, that's also true. I'm ready to give up my membership in the adult club and i am just going to i don't know play play hooky disappear into the great outdoors i'm not sure i'll figure that part out later maybe i'll just play more games yeah i had a friend who his his backup plan was to move into a cave and live there with the bear and and i'm not sure if the bear was an essential portion of his plan or not um, or how he's going to find a bear amenable to having a roommate, but or, or I mean, that would be a very short existence. I think, yes. In those cases. Yes. So I'm I'm excited. We are my store Gameopolis. We are starting our initiation league in um, the start of August, and we're going to do that the the entire month of August and. Uh, then in September we haven't set the date yet, but we're we're going to do a our first event on one of the Saturdays in in September. So excited to see um, some of the events and stuff starting to take off at my store. That how has set. how have things been uh, growing in in your town? Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good. There's an event as of recording um, this Saturday. It's sort of a kickoff um the kickoff events it's not the it's just a regular showdown not the premiere showdown so it's just mm-hmm. the one strike force it's on the the 22nd here uh, of july and uh, i'm pretty excited about it i think a lot of people are pretty excited about it i'm not sure how many people will show up but i'm i'm betting somewhere around 12 seems pretty good that sounds pretty good yeah 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 and if uh if i can make it i'll head up to to your neck of the woods and i'll come and play in that one too nice yeah we uh we need to i've got to do a lot of logistical work before that trying to to work out mats and terrain and and all that lovely stuff i hear you well um i i'll print you i'll print you some stuff and if i can't make it up i'll just send it i'll try to make it up though if it's especially if it's later in september hmm. like the 30th you can't see me but i'm winking <laughs> suggestively um so we did have also some other news the um releases that were slated for august have been delayed because of the um strike at the ports and on the western ports and so we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer to uh, it was Mace Window, Windu, and, and who was the other one? Was it? It was uh, the um, Mother Talson. Oh yeah, the witches. Mm-hmm. Which bums me out. I was very excited for Mother Talson. Yeah, my my manager is um, super stoked for uh, the witches to come out. Yeah, she's super cool. I like I like what she does. I think she's she's a really kind of interesting approach. Um, 
I really wanted to try that that manipulation or manipulative hand ability, getting to move people around. I'm into that. It seems cool. Say la vie, as they say. Yeah, I, I don't feel super bad because it will give me some chances to get in some games and reps with, um, you know, there's have a bunch of toys I haven't played with. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, getting games in with, with Luminara. Although <laughs> most, almost all my locals are very, very down on her so far. Um, down on Luminara. No. Yeah. And then Jeez. I'm, she's, I'm, she's something. <laughs> I'm also excited for, vader and the inquisitors and grievous so there's 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 a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff a lot of combinations yeah plenty plenty of room to explore so what what's the super secret tech that you're thinking of bringing to this event this weekend (laughs) super secret tech um so i've been whittling it down and i think um i think grievous is is kind of uh got a lot of people excited so i suspect i'll see a lot of grievous there which steers me away from grievous um i've, I've gotten to play the grievous don't want to do grievous. The, the, the mirror match i don't if i don't <laughs> have to <laughs> That's fair. um i like general grievous um and uh but I, a lot of people are pretty hot on the droids so i'm gonna go i have a friend with... who who really loves the droids that i know of oh yeah yeah Who's that? He thinks he thinks I'm silly for <laughs> not liking them as much. Well, they are really good. Uh, they are they're very good. I think, That's true. and I haven't I haven't uh, really gotten a chance to play their their full magnificence with um, all the droids. So it's pretty magnificent. It's it's pretty magnificent. The challenge, though, I think, is remembering all of the things because there are a lot yeah, of yeah. stuff. A lot of stuff. That, a lot of triggers. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, Kalani. If Kalani goes, like a lot of things can happen, and Kalani's a good character, a secondary to use the Shatterpoint on. When Kalani goes, it seems like everybody yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a party. Um, no, I'm. I think I think I'm gonna run with Vader and the Inquisitors. The specifics for that, I think I'm not gonna take Fifth Brother. Um, so uh-huh. some some of the super secret tech. I'm going to take um, the what is it? I think it's um, fourth sister. Yeah. So because there is going to be a lot of shooting and uh, not as much up close stuff, I'm hoping that the slightly better range defense for fourth sister uh, and the enfeeble of pinned. Um, will help mitigate some of the progress that is pretty easy to accomplish with droids. And then I am torn between doing Rex and the 501st or Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding and the Magna Guard. I think Obi-Wan is interesting because he's got a lot of kind of tricky movement and the action denial, I think, is also maybe helpful. Um, I don't know if it's the best plan, but that's kind of where I'm at. But I think Inquisitor's very interesting, and their tempo is a little bit harder to plan around. So, Well, I was really 
excited to hear your your glorious plan on how you're going to make Ahsoka work. But, oh, but here yeah, we are. Not this time. Not this time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, if Vader wasn't so good, I love Vader. I've played Vader a lot now, and I I have to say Vader is very cool. And um, Patrick, why do you have to pay to win? Um, that's just who I be, Jay. That's, <laughs> that's who I've become. That's that's what adulting has has made me do. <laughs> Taking full advantage of the paywall. Yeah. <laughs> I go to work. I so you those, can those dollar crush, crush the dreams of people who can't afford Vader. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll try. I'll try. What? But I'll be nice about it. All right. So for our rule focus this time. Um, we can we can talk about a, a rule that I've misplayed before. So the base rule that my, my watch wants to interject. Uh, the the base rule for reserving an order card from the order deck, it says uh, once per turn after revealing a unit order card, a player may spend one force to put the revealed unit card into reserve. And so uh, it specifies once per turn. And then General Obi-Wan Kenobi has an ability called Patience that says, when you reveal this unit's order card, if you have an order card in reserve, you may put that card on the top or bottom of the order deck. If you do, put this unit's order card in reserve. When this unit's order card is put in reserve, one character in this unit may do the, do the heal ability three times and jump. It's so, really good. It's that really is really good. good. It is also really good. Um, in a lot of the games I've played with, with Obi-Wan, he loves the idea of being able to, in the first round of the game, being able to do a jump forward so that he's in a little bit better position so that uh, he can get almost anywhere on his next turn with an advance and jump. And, and then with this hello there, he'll be attacking with a lot of dice and, and you can be playing him from reserve so that you're activating him exactly when you're wanting to. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just all in all really good. Um, so the thing I did wrong, or uh, I actually wasn't playing it. Someone, I advised someone wrong on the rule with this. Um, but I said, I didn't think that. So in, as an example, let's say I'm playing my turn and I draw a card and I place the card in reserve and then I draw a card and I draw General Kenobi. The the rule misplay that I had was that I thought that I would not be able to use patience because of the core rules that says you can only reserve an order card once per turn. And so, Patrick, what are what are all the ways why why I was wrong with this? Well, you weren't necessarily wrong. So it's true you can only reserve one card, um, but Kenobi kind of break Kenobi not kind of Kenobi directly breaks a lot of the core rules, uh, and one of those core rules is this reserve card. So you you're right, you can only reserve the one, but Kenobi isn't really reserving per se. He's just trading places. Yeah, it does. I, at no point in this rule does it say the word reserve. I don't believe. Only only that there has to be a card in reserve. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. him him to do this yeah and it it can get pretty exciting so in that particular situation uh and i it's happened to me a number of times when i played kenobi you 
you can then and it, it really can help move along the deck um and if you have any clear idea or depending on where you are in the order deck uh it can really give you a lot of information or access to to a lot of important plays uh but once you replace the card in reserve with obi-wan which you can do um and since you've already reserved a card you don't have to spend any extra force points to do this so it's kind of like reserving two cards and then if you aren't interested in playing that card that you just put in reserve you put it on the bottom of the deck and then you draw another card (laughs) to actually play so you can kind of shuffle through three cards this way and uh it it gets you it gets you into some interesting places um i think it's it's pretty exciting when it happens and then the the extra little bit of doing the the recover three times and uh the the jump is i mean it's really good tasty. It's, it's almost it's such a strong ability and i know that we've 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 gone over kenobi but i i almost it's, it's the fact that this is just an innate ability and not like an mm-hmm. identity ability is one of those things that I, I think makes Kenobi so so interesting and powerful. Uh, but to circle back, um, you did you did things mostly correct, and you were <laughs> pretty much pretty much correct. Only um, you stopped, only stopped except short. for the part where I totally wasn't. <laughs> that except for that part, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, okay. right on the right on the awesome, moment. awesome, awesome. awesome. <laughs> So we're going to uh, go over some stuff today. The first one I want to introduce by um, describing describing a feeling for you or a scenario. And so let's say that we're playing the a game with each other and I win the first struggle and you draw the next one and you look at them and become a little bit crestfallen because you look at the uh, upcoming scenario, struggle, and... Both of the struggles are uh, configured such that I'm an, I, the player who just won the first struggle, am advantaged whichever one uh, is picked as the person who's who's drawing and picking the the, the new setup. And I've I've had that happen a few times, and um, I've got to admit it's like one of the best feelings in the game. <laughs> and so um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about potentially creating situations where you can try to make that happen. And and part of that revolves around the placement of your characters and um, thinking forward towards future struggles when you are uh, placing your models. So, uh, Patrick, what have been some of your thoughts or some of your experiences on, on this topic? So, um, my first thought, especially... Um, Moving, moving out of the I'm trying everything. This is all new, and and trying to keep a, an idea on that that tempo. Uh, I looked at all of the cards to get a general idea, and I, and I think a lot of people have done this too, uh, to pick at themes within each of the the struggle rounds. Uh, I know they're not rounds, but just for the sake of conversation. And the the first one's pretty pretty easy. It's 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 just a matter of how you set up or or how you can set up. Mm-hmm. The the important one for transitioning between the first and the second one, the the biggest importance 
is that there are no center center objectives that turn on. They all turn off. Mm-hmm. And if you are able, and, and I think a big part of this is is really accepting when you may not get this struggle and knowing when when you have to just let go. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a very Star Wars thing to do. And it can be a very hard thing to do, especially when you really, 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 really want that that space. But if you're going to let go of any space or any objective token, it should be that center one transitioning from the the first to the to the second struggle. Um, that's that's the first thing that I've noticed. That the the second one is almost is the reverse, where mm-hmm. the third struggles, two of the three have the center will turn back on. So it's it's a big it's a big thing to kind of keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, one and, of the things that I've noticed a lot with I've, I've noticed a lot of newer players do this. So you're in the first struggle and you move up someone to do a range attack. And when they move forward, they're kind of in a no man's land in between the objectives that are on their side of the board and the objectives that are in the middle. Mm-hmm. And if you're only going to be, if we were only going to be playing one struggle in the game, that would be fine. But uh, that's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to have future struggles coming up. And so uh, just in general, and there's, I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of times where if people think a little bit more with intentionality, that that's maybe making up a new word, but if they're trying to use a little foresight on what's going to happen, there's a lot of times where they actually can be standing within range two of a back scenario piece and still getting the range attack off that they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times there's just there's just so much going on with the game and you're you're thinking about you know, all of my triggers and, and I'm finally activating, uh, you know, Darth Vader and he's going to, you know, crush my opponent or whatever. It's, it's easy to not be thinking about, you know, three layers down from there of, oh, I should actually probably keep this guy a little bit back so that I'm set up for some of the future rounds that are going to come into play. So. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what's 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 kind of been your experience with that. No, I think that's a really good point. And uh, part of the strength of having support units with two plus characters mm-hmm. is being able to really flex um, on that that approach, um, having one be further up and one further back. Uh, now it's and I think that's that's a really important intention to have. It's also important to to be aware and and just make peace with the fact that there's a lot of positioning uh, in the game, and you might set yourself up for some really good future plays, and that might not be where that character is by the next time you get to activate them, um, mm-hmm. should they get pushed or shoved or pulled or or what have you. Um, and another thing, and this is one that I also constantly have to remind myself is <laughs> when i do something like that don't get ahead of myself and then undo it with another movement ability or something mm-hmm. like that sometimes yeah, because something <laughs> something along kind of that same line another situation that i've seen 
pretty frequently, either for myself or for uh, the person I'm playing, is let's say that I'm uh, let's say I'm playing the the Mandalorian um, package in both of my two squads, mm-hmm. and let's say I'm getting towards the end of um, my my order deck, and we're we're getting close-ish to the end of this first struggle, and I, I draw one of my support Mandalorian units, and there's kind of a natural inclination of I want to rush this unit into the middle and get them, you know, trying to be productive and doing a lot of things, etc. And and I do think there are certainly times where that is the proper strategy. Um, but I think there's also a lot of times where I'll be like, you know what, I'm I'm okay kind of with the the board state up there. I'm going to have the support unit. One's going to go towards, you know, one of my back scenario points. The other one's going to go toward, towards another back scenario point. And that's hopefully going to set me up some for an upcoming scenario. Um, so I guess that's another example of, of some of the um, thought or intentionality that you, you can maybe be thinking about when you are activating a, a unit um, and something that I think can um, can help quite a bit, hopefully, with, with trying to do um, plan for, for future struggles that are going on. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, there's one something you said to reminded me of another thing that I think uh, is not and is not necessarily an intuitive leap and it doesn't always pan out um, to, to sort of um, preface this, but it doesn't always make intuitive sense to attack a character that's wounded. So you can't do any more damage to them, but you can certainly interact with them. So if you need to get extra movement or you need mm. to have access to different parts of your, your kit or combat tree to get more it's definitely worthwhile to shoot at a character that's wounded so that you can get what you need to be where you need to be. Yeah. The other, the other aspect of this is I've had a fair number of times where I've shot or, you know, attacked a, a wounded character and, or maybe not even wounded. Um, there's, there's sometimes where I will do my, my, target prioritization not based on who i'm trying to wound but who i'm hoping to get pushes off and mm-hmm. and you know that can be not even so much trying to do it on on this scenario here there's there's sometimes where you know i'm i'm in a pretty good position in uh in the current scenario and so i'm going to do my attacks maybe on my opponent's back line as an example and push a model so that it's not going to be contesting a scenario so that, you know, when the next struggle comes up, um, if, if that model ends up being one that could have been contesting, now it's not, that can, that can make a really big deal, especially because, um, it, there's, there's a lot of, there, I've, there's been a lot of situations where, you know, my, opponent has a a back scenario point where they're trying to score and they don't, you know, there's maybe one unit that they really wish they could get out of their struggle deck. And sometimes it feels like it takes forever for Mm -hmm. that card to come up. And so 
you know, trying to create situations where that has an opportunity to happen to your opponent, I think is something that can be, um, help you out a lot in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not always something that, uh, it, it definitely can catch people by surprise too. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. So are there, are there any other, uh, tips or tricks or tactics or tidbits that you, you have on this topic before we, we move on? I think, I think just the, some of the stuff is going to take time and practice and I'm certainly not that great at it all the time. I'm maybe good at it on one game and then I drop the ball and I forget about it and I have to kind of practice it again. It It's one of those, it's, and I think everybody's going to learn this stuff at a different pace too. So um, just for myself and, and anybody else, uh, I would just have patience and just keep, keep trying it, trying to be, yeah. Um, mindful whenever you make a movement and, uh, aim at, at looking, um, to place models with consideration for the upcoming struggle or whatever it could be. Um, so just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. I think the, I think one of the things that's, this is just kind of a good rule of thumb with any miniatures game. And that is when you're doing your movement to be asking yourself, you know, why, why am I choosing to move this model here? And, you know, that probably seems like kind of an inane question, but there are, anytime you, you choose to move a model, you, you obviously you have, um, a, a wide range of potential locations that you could move the model. And so, you know, if I'm going to, if I move a model to a certain location, why is this location better than, you know, a half inch back? Or why is it better than a half inch to the right? And like kind of always asking yourself, like, is this the optimal location that I should be moving to? Why is it better than some other place? I think is a, a really good mindset to have, because I think that a lot of times people don't necessarily have intentionality with their movement. I think that a lot of times people will have a strategy of just, well, I need to move my characters forward or, you know, I need to, they, or they'll, they'll just do things without thinking. And so having, having the mindset of asking yourself, is this the best location for my guy? And why is it better than other locations? I think is something that can help a lot when playing miniatures games in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, that's very well articulated. And, to that point as well, especially within this game, since movement is such uh, a precious thing, um, I mean, it, it's fine sometimes not to like not to move. Like sometimes you just don't need to move. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, even if if that thing is is a very precious resource within the game. It's it's a uh, it's a good question um, that you pose, Jay, and I think. I and, and everybody else should continue to reflect on that question as they play. All right. So the next topic that we were going to talk about was, was one Patrick that you had been mulling over a little bit and that relates a, slightly to our um, rules corner, but it's, it's talking a little bit about strategies related to reserving order cards. Yes. I, 
I love the order deck and I think so much success and possibly failure can can all be pointed to the order deck. The the I don't know, it feels like it feels like it's it's sometimes when I talk about it, I, I it almost feels like I am giving it too much credit, but I don't really think that's the case. I I think everything everything can really boil down to to what happens with with this really simple seven card deck um so i'm before we before we dive into that i'm curious when i i'm the miniatures games that i've played up to this point that i've focused primarily on are ones like war machine and marvel crisis protocol mm-hmm. and they don't have a mechanic like this you just yeah. choose what you activate <laughs> yes um lots of agency and so i was kind of surprised by this rule when i read it and wasn't <laughs> sure what i thought about it and I'm, I'm still not totally sure if i'm sure what i think about it <laughs> but do you do you like this rule do you think that it um improves the game with its existence um i don't know about that so <laughs> um I don't know one. I don't. I don't. I don't know one way or the other. Um, I'm. I'm a person that really enjoys novelty, and I'm. In, I'm. I'm a person that really enjoys um, things that are uh, new and refreshing. And um, well, this isn't necessarily the newest or the most refreshing mechanic. The its context is kind of new and refreshing. Um, Legion has a similar approach to it and my first experience playing legion and playing that uh, i felt kind of similar where you have um you have to do a lot with a little bit of information and um in legion my opinion of the mechanic uh tarnished over time given how some of the factions can just pretty much ignore this core mechanic and I like it perhaps more in Shatterpoint, just for me personally. Um, and, and, and I think other people will have the opposite opinion. But um, I like that both players are sort of initially kept to to the mechanic. It doesn't have the same sort of, at least yet, have the same level of, of abuse and just... Um, ignoring the, the 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 core mechanic there are like we mentioned with obi-wan kenobi and there are other cards that can play around it and play with it but it it's a very different approach and i think i know this is a long-winded response to you jay but i think i kind of i kind of like it if i have to to decide on one side of the the line there i think i kind of like it it while it takes away some agency it it presents a lot of decision making and I, I i like so far where where i've had to really think and come up with an approach in a situation that may not necessarily be the most ideal and i i like puzzles like that i like i like that kind of approach um so i think it's interesting um i do like playing marvel though going back and forth between the two so so i can maybe take a step back and have that agency again um, mm. 
but i i think i think my my opinion of it has gotten even more positive and and of it i mean the order deck as i've really started to reflect on how i can um, meaningfully approach its um its use throughout the game and try to make the choices with the order deck uh before before anything anything happens and i i just i played a game recently where my opponent um uh he and i were reflecting on some of the choices we made with respect to our order decks and other parts of the game and i think for him the success um of the game could have been drawn even sooner he he ended up winning um but uh it would have been, I think, possibly a quicker victory for him had he done one vital thing with the order deck um, compared to what what he ended up doing instead. Um, and yeah, and I think that long-winded reply, Jay, is how I feel about the order deck, just just as it is. Okay, yes. I am. I am. Like I said, I'm not sure what I think about it. I do think that. In order to become good at this game, you're going to need to become good at strategies that kind of revolve around the order deck. Yeah. And so, what what would you say are some strategies that would that help you use your order deck better? So the first thing I think is uh, the really key component of that deck, and that's the Shatterpoint card. How and when you use that Shatterpoint card can be it can it it's it can be everything. If you use it on the wrong model at the wrong time, um, that 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 could be game. And I've lost the game at least one uh, I, for that very same for that very reason where I picked the wrong model at the wrong time with the Shatterpoint card, and I just straight up lost. Uh, <laughs> I will never forget that loss. Uh, the one, one I'm thinking about, and I think I've lost more than once, um, where I ignored the state of the table. I played it on some Mandalorian super commandos and I did not keep close enough tally on how much health points they had as they were activating next to Django. Django used his uh ability i forget what it's called um where he gets to i'll have to look it up um because it's gonna bug me if i don't uh where he gets to roll five dice and for every hit and strike um not so fast that's what it's called for for every um strike and critical i mean to say you take a damage and Django rolled exactly three successes and that i i had exactly three health points left (laughs) and that ended their activation and the use of my shatter point guard right then and i'm pretty certain i lost the game because of that (laughs) so um the shatter point card is extremely useful uh i think there are um, a lot of opinions out there some of them i agree with some of them i don't on who and when to use them on lots of people seem not to enjoy using them on secondaries uh, as you probably get the least out of them um, and uh, with the support you get the essentially two activations for one 
And with a primary, they're generally pretty powerful with a lot of strong abilities, so you get more out of an activation there. And I think I agree with that. I don't know about you, Jay. Um, I, I do think that there are some some or more exceptions to that. I th- I think the I think I don't agree with that. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't agree with it. It's that I think that it's too limiting of a worldview. Um, I think that I think the best use of a shatter point is one that's going to provide the biggest impact on your scenario play and sometimes that is going to mean that you activate support characters um and so i don't i don't necessarily think that that it's good to to have like a hard and fast rule on that um my i would i would maybe say that the most common reason why i i i that someone would would say that 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 you should almost always activate a primary or, or something along that lines is that I would be suspicious that they were not focusing enough on scenario play when, when making that statement. No, I agree with you. I, I don't think that that is, um, that is an approach that I agree with. Um, and, uh, I agree that it's really, I think the best choice in my opinion is to take a look at the board state and make the the choice that um, close to what you put, Jay, is going to net you the the, the biggest um, move forward, I guess is how I, I might put it, um, with the scenario in the game. Um, plenty of times I've activated secondaries, and I and I think in many of those cases that was the right choice. Yeah, I would if. Honestly, if I was if I was to have a a general guideline, it would be that I am least frequently going to be activating a secondary with the shatter point. It's it's usually either going to be my primary or support unit, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I think it's best personally to not say like you know every time this comes up, I want to activate X character because the the board state is just too variable to to support that in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think there are a number of secondaries in particular that are quite good and are very versatile. And picking them, um, if you have, if, if if maybe like if I'm looking at the table and I'm like I don't know what to do, and um and I have this secondary that could do a lot of things. Maybe I don't know if it'll do. Like, there's just a point sometimes I think too with with that there's just so little information or the board say is in such a sort of a chaotic place that um, I don't know if you can make a wrong decision, but having a secondary character like just removing a secondary character offhand as an option just because you know you just don't do that with secondaries I I, I think you're you're possibly missing a lot of um, a lot of options or opportunity uh, simply by dismissing um, that approach just just so quickly. Um, I know I, I again I personally just um, pr- prefer to approach the the board state the best I can and make the decision based on the board state, not on the the type of model um, for the Shatterpoint card. Um, so that's me. 
Deep. So, r- real quick, I want I want to discuss something else as well. Yeah. Um, another another situation I've seen pretty frequently, I guess, with mm-hmm. um the Shatterpoint card. So let's let's say that I am doing the first struggle, and let's say I am either in a position where I'm I'm in a pretty dominant position currently on the struggle, mm-hmm. or I'm in a position where I'm being dominated in the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in both, and I draw my shatter point card in both those situations, I feel a pretty strong inclination that it's much better for me to shuffle my shatter point card back in. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I would, if I'm winning, I, I don't really need to do anything. I can just continue winning. If I'm losing, it's it's likely better for me to just lose this scenario and in in both these situations I keep my Shatterpoint card hopefully for the uh, when the next struggle comes up and it will help me to be optimized in in being able to to score that next struggle. No, I think that's that's exactly right. And the the story I alluded to earlier, my opponent um, should have shuffled their Shatterpoint card into their deck as we were transitioning between struggles, and we we both made that um, made that assessment that waiting to use the Shatterpoint for later, potentially later. I mean, when you shuffle it, you really don't you don't know where it's at in the deck. You could draw it first again, and, and I mean that that can happen. But I, I think trying to save it for later is definitely. Um, an important thing. Uh, I know the the character the the ability on Obi Wan Kenobi is called patience, but I think just being patient with that Shatterpoint card, or just being extra um, careful when you use it, um, is is really 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 important. Really really important between um, struggles. But the other time I think too um, is if you have a unit that's wounded, like it's yeah it's important i think it can be really um especially if it's a good unit like i've had vader you know on uh, wound or wounded and i drew drew the shatterpoint card and i really wanted to play vader again however given where it was at and it was an early part of um the struggle like it's something yeah i had i have to weigh because if i play him now and there's still a lot of activations around him he could get wounded again and that doesn't really help me. Like I really want to not give my opponent extra momentum, if at all possible. So picking where that mo- that Shatterpoint card plays out on the table, um, part of part of the scenario is also not giving your opponent extra momentum. And part of how I also lost in that same game um, uh, recently was I I used um, my Shatterpoint card a little too early. And I, at least if I, if I remember correctly, I lost, like I gave a lot of momentum to my opponent because I got a little bit carried away with its usage. And I think tracking how, how you are giving away momentum um, is as important, if not more important, than how you might be getting momentum through trying to wound your opponent's models. So in terms of the order deck, that Shatterpoint card, there are so many, so many, um, 
facets to its its usage just just that card alone and that and this isn't even going to some of the other considerations for the order deck just this one card alone it's kind of uh i mean it's kind of cool i think it's really cool well i i think we need to pause there um we will talk more strategy when we get to the bonus section of the cool podcast beans. cool beans. So, as always, check out DiscountGamesInc.com for your gaming needs, and check out this podcast on Patreon. You'll get to listen to episodes a week earlier than normal, and you'll get to listen to our bonus episodes, and you'll also help make this podcast possible. So, uh, we appreciate everyone who uh, is supporting us on Patreon. You guys are awesome. It's a true story. All right, so stay tuned to our bonus episode and stay tuned to next week. To be continued.